Hey, what is up, everyone? It is March 19th, 2019. Welcome into this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chen of Cascadia Preps, and joining me as always is Dogman's Luke Monger and Kook fans Jackson Garner. So I want to take you guys back to the summer of 2018 when the rumors of the infamous midnight races between UW running backs Svon Ahmed and Miles Gaskin, those began flying around at that time. Now, as legend has it, Ahmed and Gaskin raced five times in the middle of a warm August summer night at Bishop Blanket High School, and Gaskin won three of those five races. Now, here's where things get interesting. A couple weeks ago at the NFL Combine, Gaskin ran an electronic 4.5840, and this would lead you to believe that Ahmed is more in that 4.6 range, you know, considering that Gaskin won all those races yeah. last summer. And I know it's a mind-blowing number to, to suggest that Savon Ahmed is capable of running a 40 of the four sixes, but like I said, we're just putting the puzzle pieces together right now. We're trying to make sense of all this. This past Friday at the Husky Combine, the University of Washington claimed that Savon Ahmed ran a 4-3-2. Now, somebody is lying here, Luke, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's the NFL. Yeah. See, there's a couple things that I think about this. First of all, uh, if you remember your stat that you cited uh, a couple weeks ago when you we were talking about the combine, is, isn't is it like a 0.17 second yeah, difference usually? Yeah, 0.1725 is the average I, I, difference I, and, between hand time and the electronic times. Mm-hmm, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Savon was in like the mid 4.4s, four which yeah, no, that's that, that, suggest, that was what that's what right? I would also uh, believe. Um, I as well. just think, honestly, I think there might be some sort of. Well, see. Have we ever considered that Savon and Miles might be lying about ever having done these races? Is, is, no, is, is I, would, I, would, I would not. Because I looked at the location of Bishop Blanket High School, and it's located just five miles north, less than five miles north of UW campus. So if they wanted to, in the middle of the night, make a five-minute drive or, you know. Again. Yeah. So then my other thing is, like, for example, this is kind of an anecdote, and this is my only logical, it's kind of not even logical explanation of how this could happen, is, uh, like, for example, in high school, I was a more talented golfer than my dad, but I could never beat my dad for like a year and a half. And yeah, then I finally I was about, did. I was about to just make this exact same point. So yes. you're and not alone. That has on this to be thought. the only explanation. Yeah. Savon <laughs> Oxford is just, just the little brother. He's just the little brother. Yeah. He can't do it. Uh, you know, I like to think about it when like I try and debate sports with my brother. For some reason, yeah. I just always end up looking like an idiot. I don't know how, because I'll go out and, and and talk sports with other people and I feel like yep. People will just, you know, so you I, I don't know. Like just, if it was the reverse, the if, you were, if you were a couple years older than your brother, do you feel like the the momentum would be more on your side? Uh, you would feel like you're more in charge of any time you debate with your brother? I, I feel like there's just, there's, uh, I mean, subconsciously, I feel like older brother is a, just right. You have a you certain know? level of respect for your elders, which is probably what Ackman felt when he I was raised probably, psychologically. Yeah. Well, here's and, my theory on this. Well, okay, go, go ahead. Go I ahead. think you also have to, like, like we were just talking about, probably Ahmed and, and Gaskin are closer when you're going to electronically time them. And, and that those hundreds of a second is just Don't mean that, shit, yeah. <laughs> the, the little brother mentality. Well, there's no denying that Ahmed has gone faster over the last, what, eight months? It was last summer this happened, and we're getting close to the summer of 2019. So he, he has gone faster. I mean, when you're an elite 20-year-old athlete, you're going to get faster over a short period of time. You know, I doubt NFL players would, are improving like that. What were their numbers from last year? Because both of them four, four, were... 4-4. Four, 4-4. Four. They both ran in the four, Lasky Combine so last Gaskin year? So Gaskin ran a 4-4-3, and Ackman ran a 4-4-4. Four, four, four. 
And this year, yeah. Ackman has improved, which, like I said, is very realistic. There's some hand times, but, though. Hand times. But when Gaskin beat Ackman last summer, I would guess that his weight was probably in the late 180s. You know, they were well in the fall camp. He's mm-hmm. listed at 191. I would guess mm-hmm. it's about 189, which is a 16-pound difference than when he was at the Combine, you know, just a couple weeks ago, likely making him, call this, call me crazy, but a tenth of a second slower. Just saying. Probably not. Probably would have been a tenth of a second faster. If he was 189 pounds. Now, that would be bad because so many NFL teams would write him off for that. But, man, there's so many ways to cut the gap down. I mean, Gaskin ran electronic. Ackman ran hand-timed. Ackman, like we said, would probably be 4-4s. So this big range that we're seeing right now, which it's pretty easy to point out considering that they're supposed to be the same speed, it's going to be a lot closer foot race in person than it would be just on paper with these times. I just, like... I, I don't know. The, the, I, I just need to see these races to believe them. And, and like, are they the same <laughs> distance? You know, are they are they all forty yards? Because um, perhaps Miles is initially quicker. The one thing that's interesting about Savon that I wanted to include is uh, at the opening in high school. I can't remember the exact number, but he ran what is supposedly a laser time number at the opening under four four. Well, if we know anything about the combine setting, you're going to get your name on everyone's radar if you run phenomenal numbers, because that's just what society does. I mean, we see this in NFL draft. You know, John Ross becomes a top 10 pick easily because of his 40 time. Emerging on everybody's radar because of his combine performances, that's Colson Yankoff. You know, for multiple years, mm-hmm. he's been written off as the other guy in the UW quarterback competition because he's not as attractive of a name as Jacob Sermon. Obviously, Browning was in charge at that time. Easton was transferring the same year that he got recruited to UW. But man, a combine performance like he did this past Friday is instantly going to get his name back into the quarterback competition. As far as maybe Utah fan perspective, I think the coach has always you know, had his name in there as a possibility, yeah. as a backup. Uh, but he finished top five in multiple events in the combine, a 38 and a half inch vertical, uh, a 4.5540, which was top 10 on the team, as well as the fastest cone drill of any Utah player, 6.5 seconds. I mean... You know, for a 6'4", 215-pound quarterback with that kind of agility, with that quality of arm, this is not something that the coaches or the fans should overlook come spring ball. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and anyone that is kind of looking on Twitter, uh, Jared Stanger of cmox.com put in his pick for Colson Yankoff to win the starting job this fall. Oh, Um, which. Mm. <laughs> Probably not, but yeah. here's the thing: Col- like Colson Yankoff, obviously a phenomenal athlete. Um, but I remember kind of making this joke uh, when, like, kind of standing and watching the combine. Uh, like, I just heard someone ask, "Like, oh, did you see Jacob uh, Jacob Eason run? Like, how did he look?" And then someone was like, "No, I didn't." But like, does it matter? <laughs> it doesn't. No, not for him. <laughs> yeah, does it matter? Like, I don't care. I don't care if Jacob Eason. Or like I don't think Husky fans will care if Jacob Eason threw up yeah. yeah a five flat forty with a twenty three and a half inch vert like they won't care as long as he can yeah. just rip sixty yard deep balls down the seam which and I I feel, I feel like that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the thing like you know Colson Yankoff can put up these great you know testing numbers but when you're competing against throwers of the football like Jacob Eason and Jacob Sermon. Yeah, how do you stack up? Because those are two guys with a lot of arm talent, and you know, where is Yankoff? Where you can see Yankoff playing like a role? Do you guys are you guys familiar with a, a 
I think his name Taysom Hill of the Saints. Yes. You oh, know, I'm more familiar that, with yes. Taysom Hill. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the role you can see because he's obviously he's a fantastic athlete, but like, and he's a body. Too. Qu- yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's if thick. you're gonna be a quarterback, you have to be a good thrower of the football. Yeah. And I just don't see. How well, we yeah, I was going to say that in high school. Play. That's and, a good point. And, and if you watch his Coeur highlight tape, I mean, he's like any other four or five star quarterback prospect out there. He's laser. He's throwing at 50 yards downfield. He's running the option and take and pulling it for 80 yards touchdown runs. Yeah. Like every big play that you can make as a quarterback, he is doing. And he, and he passes all the physical tests as far as yeah. his size, as far as mm-hmm. his speed, as far as arm strength. So, so just because uh, yeah. he's good, he's good runner. And he is. That doesn't mean that he should be any minus. Like there shouldn't be any like pre pre. You can't presume that just because he can run means that he's not as good of a thrower as Jacob Sermon yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say the issue might be honestly that with posting such good numbers, there are going to start to be probably Husky fans that are it's gonna wrong. be like, oh, maybe he, uh, maybe he could play receiver. He's if a he gimmick. Yeah, he's a job, gadget you know? player. And yeah. then like all of a sudden, like it's like man. He's such a good athlete that he's gonna get like punished for it on like message boards <laughs> because like people are gonna be like, man, like it, it sounds like if he's not as good of a, a, a an arm talent as Eason or, or Sermon or Dylan Morris or Sam Heward that he could maybe. Do you think he'd switch to receiver and do you think he could make a career there? You I know? mean, and, yeah, I I think I think it's probably early to to be making that call, but I mean, there we, we'll find out this spring. You'll get to see him throw quite a bit and. Basically, does he look like he's going to have a role being the quarterback? Because you do have guys who have shown to have pr- pretty incredible arm talent. And, I mean, if he d- if he isn't that guy, then, I mean, how do you use an athlete like him? It could be like a t- – I mean, he's a pretty big dude, isn't he? Yeah, he's 6'4", 215. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, he's an mm-hmm. amazing like pr- a prospect. I mean, does, he passes every test imaginable. And yeah. you know what? For the last, I don't know, year and a half, we haven't talked about this guy at all. I mean, he's probably gone a total of 15 minutes yeah. of airtime on this yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And one good combine performance shows you how powerful that is. All of a for sudden, sure. we're trying to figure out how can we get this guy on the field. But the question I have for you, Luke, is because of his speed and agility, how does that make him a better quarterback in this offense right now for you? In this offense, it honestly doesn't make that much of a difference. Yeah. I don't think yeah. the only thing that like what like obviously not every play goes exactly how it should and the one thing that you could probably like translate that to is oh like especially with something like the three cone where I, I guess it's a little more like it's weird because it's almost like long distance quickness but either way he, he's a guy that can he, he's agile and he can get out and move you know and he, he, he's an in the explosive pocket as well. athlete yeah exactly so I think that there, there's a maneuverability aspect there that mm-hmm. is enticing uh I'd say that's basically the only thing that you can really draw uh, into like a direct translation into playing quarterback in UW's offense. But it's not like, I mean, and honestly, you know, uh, like if you looked uh, at Coach Peterson's like Siler Miles offense, like they'd let Siler, I mean, not a ton, but they'd let him get out and move around a little bit. I mean, I'm sure that they would tailor the offense to fit the athletes they have in the Absolutely. system. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, but I don't think that they'll start running the triple option just because they have an athlete like Colson. And he's yeah. not a triple option quarterback. Whatsoever. No, not at all. Not at all. He he, he 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 just happens to be able to run. Hey, uh, and while we're talking about uh, quarterbacks and how fast they are, you know, talking about Jacob Eason and how everybody says doesn't matter what he runs. Well, what did he run? All right, <laughs> what, what was his what was his yeah. vertical? What were so, his measurements? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't listed anywhere. 
No, and we won't be able to find out any of those. I, I did like keep track of his vertical, actually. I'll go find that right now. That That's the only thing that you can hear because they'll say it out loud, and I don't know why they do that, but they do. And you can and, also kind of just look at what stick he hit. Yeah. Um, so Jacob Eason, Eason, where are you at? Yeah. So he, he had a 28 and a half inch vertical. Oh, he's not an athlete at all. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It, that compares like, I would say, I'd say, I mean, it's not horrible for a quarterback. I wouldn't of say. Of course not. Of course yeah. not. It's, it's pretty, but he's not like, I mean, Jacob Sermon yeah. had a 31 and a half inch vertical. Colson Yankoff obviously had like a 37 inch vertical cause he's Colson Yankoff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. It, it's funny. Like. You wonder then where all of that comes from. Like Jacob Eason obviously is an enormous person, but it's like where does he just generate all of that power? You know, all twenty eight inches. Yeah, or no, I'm talking about like when he when he unleashes like a oh right yeah seventy yard yeah. bomb. I mean the guy's the been throwing like twenty five yard dig routes since like the tenth grade. So you that's know, true. <laughs> I, that's just not a that, you know you don't see those kinds of throws in high school football, and he was doing them. So you know. It, that is that is a very good question. I don't know. Is there a correlation between vertical leap and arm power? Well, I, I just like I think the only thing that like those tests are valuable for in combines is just like explosiveness. It's like, oh, he's an explosive athlete because let's see yeah. what his spark power ball rating. Yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> see how far you know, honestly, maybe yeah, maybe Jacob Eason just like one hand like a football through the power ball <laughs> forty yards. Yeah, or I mean, else, I honestly, I really do think those quarterbacks do you know are having fun that you know they're not thinking about it like their life is on the line i'm sure yeah. they're they're gonna give it a hundred percent yeah but you know they're they're taking it with a grain of salt and and are trying to have fun mm-hmm. out there rather than some of those guys who feel like they're trying to prove something with their times definitely well if you're a defensive back you do live and die by your measurements and kyler gordon is a player that everybody's talking about because of his 42 and a half inch vertical and just to give you some perspective on how good 42 and a half inches is uh zach levine uh nba superstar for the chicago bulls he's a he's a washington native he's from bottle yeah he had a 41 and a half inch vertical at the nba combine now later on he had some behind the scenes vertical tests where he supposedly jumped the 46 inch but we're gonna go off based off the official nba mm-hmm. record which is 41 and a half inches Kyler Gordon, I mean, when you watch this guy jump, does it look like he's floating in the air? Is there a noticeable difference between him? Because he had a four, he, he was number one by four inches. Yeah, and that is simply unrealistic to be that much better than the best athletes in the world at the college level. It was amazing. Like, everything stopped. That's what I'll say. Like, <laughs> at the combine, everybody stopped. Like, th- there were two vertical measurement, I don't know what you call those, kits? Stations? Stands? Stations. Yeah. 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 Out there. And, uh, they usually had two guys going at once and everybody stopped to watch Kyler like after because usually what, what happens is usually they'll, they'll go up and give like kind of like a half-hearted jump and just like tap it and then they keep then jumping really after that it. until yeah. they miss you know so like they just keep getting higher up here is uh, and, uh no, what was yeah, that sorry no sorry no continue worries. well I was just gonna say Kyler like stood up there nobody really seemed to notice until he went up and i think his initial jump was 38 inches like the the, the, the half-hearted one and everyone was like oh my gosh you know and then people turned around and yeah 42 and a half inch vertical it's just ridiculous here's here's the the trick to the vertical jump which which often gets kind of overlooked and it's it's a very easy test to cheat and by no means am i discrediting kyler gordon's jump i'm just saying that number can be skewed and what all the athletes do 
and you'll notice this, is they kind of do this thing with their shoulder because you have to you have to measure the thing up. You have to like put your arm up and measure it mm-hmm. to get the, the proper reach. height. To, yeah, your reach. And you kind of just sink your shoulder in and you kind of just – you you make it look like you're holding it up, but you're kind of just dropping your shoulder down so you can add inches on with those tests. But, but how I mean, many, obviously – You can't decrease the length of your arm. You can't make it shrink like – Yeah, but you can, what you inches. can do is you can make the, the bars shorter so – What's what should be your highest reach is not actually your highest reach, so you're effectively getting a higher yeah. number when the bar. Yeah, I, is like I don't think it's a, especially at these combines. Like yeah, it, like a lot of the players are aren't not trying to cheat. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't think yeah. they're being as authentic as possible. But yeah, yeah. And this is a I mean, uh, I, you can still jump really high. Like what? It might be a difference of two, uh, uh, like an inch to two, maybe. Yeah, he, he has a so, forty inch know. vertical, guys. He can yeah. jump forty inches in the air. And the thing is, the people that are running the camp are not unbiased officials that are trying to give a multitude of teams the opportunity to see the players being exposed. Yeah. It's UW, uh, UW staff. It's people yeah. that want to see them do and well. And everyone's doing it. So, are in know. on it. It's almost, the way to, yeah. it's almost the way for UW to show off their athletes, you know, give people something to talk about yeah, in March. Yeah, sure. Advertise like, hey, we're doing great things. We've been, hard in the, we've been working hard in the weight room since January till now, and this is the results. 42 and a half inch vertical be happy with it because that's the type of product we're gonna yeah. put out there to come <laughs> come and i mean and, and i just think it gives like the players something to look forward to when they're like when it's 38 and raining and they're lifting at six in the morning you know they're like geez this sucks but you know i'm gonna get to see mm-hmm. how much faster i got this year or how high i can jump in front of like you know like it's so funny i mean it, i was talking about it with with a couple of the other media people there like people are always complaining that there aren't enough open practices or open whatever and then yeah. there's like but 75 people at the combine the <laughs> combine yeah the combine's yeah. the one open thing i wouldn't say yeah, they, do they no advertise it that well they don't advertise it great but like people yeah. show up and then they just start to leave because you know yeah. like you get there and you kind of everybody crowds around where they're doing the vert because that's the only thing yeah. that you can actually hear the results and like people are just like it does stretching sound and going and a lot drills. more fun yeah. yeah it does sound then, like you probably get there and just like ah eh, well, this is not kind of exactly what i expected so yeah. oh and, and part of the combine is like you want to see you want to see times and scores you can't really see that yeah. you're just watching a bunch of people run like you think yeah. that you can go up to the 40 yard dash area and bring your own stopwatch and stand at the line and because because i'm a media member and i can be involved in that capacity but no. you don't actually get that much interaction with the with the athletes that are competing which maybe people you know, do chat which is up. funny people try and like time the 40 like standing like across yeah. the field which is kind of funny <laughs> i got but, a three yeah. seven <laughs> yeah <laughs> what what'd you guys so get <laughs> the light travels further when you're uh, mm-hmm. 50 yards away to <laughs> to time it so it yeah. makes the hand makes the hand time even more unrealistic uh but jackson i think in the years past you've done a good job covering your brother when he does stuff like this. yeah so that was I, fun i i, mean, I loved kinda, i loved pro- providing exclusive coverage of the john yeah. gardner combine <laughs> you definitely had a cult following going for that i mean do you miss that man do you, do you miss kind of being involved with yeah in i mean a little a little bit i because you know what was fo- i was fortunate because it was always on spring break like i could always i was always there well, players get their own results like what do you hear john's results or? yeah oh yeah no he'd tell me the results which was which was nice you of know. the players of Some, the yeah players? like what yeah. what they enjoyed what people were talking about and like who who did well so that was cool um i can't 
honestly, I can't remember any of them, so I couldn't tell you anything that we'd actually talked about. But it it was fun just going down there, kind of making uh, making a bigger deal out of John than than probably should have. But you know, it's fun. <laughs> How did uh, Chico McClatcher do? Um, I didn't see. I don't think he made it the top five for any of the because he was tough. He, I remember he used to be top five in forty, like yeah, pretty consistently. I mean, he was out there and he looked good, like. He seemed like he was doing fine. Let me see if I can go find what he jumped. He honestly, like, he also might not have, like, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, he had a 34-inch vertical, like, respectable. Yeah, very, yeah. Yeah, so he he was out there, uh, didn't finish top five in any of the uh, events. But, again, I mean, we, we saw, like, Miles Gaskin ran a 4.58 at the combine, but he was still plenty effective. So, like, that's the other thing. I feel like there's kind of, like, a little trap in the, the brains of fans at combines. You know what I mean? You know, I yeah. will say though, Chico McClatcher is not a physical specimen. He he builds his game around freakish numbers, whether it's the 40 time, whether it's the, you know, the uh, the eye test and some of the three cone drills. Mm-hmm. He sells himself, you know, when he was in the recruiting process, when he was starting at UW as being somebody that could yeah, put up crazy fast. speed numbers. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not somebody that's like, Oh, I, I can out jump you or, or out physical you. Like I need to be fast to be effective mm-hmm. at the at UW. So it is a little disappointing to not see him top five and forty time, because if he doesn't have elite speed, then what is he really bringing to the table? Yeah, no, it's interesting for sure. I mean, I'm also curious to see like as his body's changed how that's and then he, keep in mind he's got, like he had a broken leg as well. I mean, he had a broken freaking leg. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like th- those sorts of things can obviously. I mean, I think because medicine and recovery and all that stuff, like it, people have gotten so good at it that you you kind of it's easier to dismiss like a serious injury as a huge performance effector. You know. Because yeah. you'll see, like, Adrian Peterson tears ACL and then eight months later rush for 2,000 yards like he did however many years ago. And then you're like, oh, Yeah, well, hopefully win. hopefully you would – you'd like to think Chico is older, a little more mature, and kind of realize these numbers are a little more fanfare than, like, actually yeah. going to mm-hmm. tell or predict how you're going to play. So, you know, he's an older guy now. He needs to, he needs to grow mm-hmm. with his injuries, adapt Absolutely. his game. Going over to the WSU side, uh, they lost one of their six scholarship quarterbacks in Connor Neville, and he dropped a heartfelt message uh, this morning to Coug Nation. Free to talk to coaches and will be immediately eligible. WSU will sign off a runoff waiver. Uh, yeah. Wow, what a great moment. I mean, what a what a great yeah. uh, like goodbye, <laughs> final farewell to Coug Nation. I mean, a lot, yeah. really, really inspiring, and he meant a lot. Right, to the, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, how do you – how do you blame him? He was, ne- you know, I maybe he thought that the four stars really meant something. That he, you know, he thought he was going to kind of come in here and and just take the job. I don't know, um, but he never really, at least as far as I've been covering the team, which is about two years now, um, he has never really been kind of pushing for uh, uh, in contention really for the the two deep. He's always kind of been yep. the. Uh, the practice squad guy and it kind of quite honestly seemed like he was content with that role um but you know that's putting on a good face probably what a quarterback's supposed to do so it's really hard for me to tell kind of where his his attitude was at um but yeah you know i don't i i think it's probably good it sounds like i mean now with all the transfer rules it's hard to say what like wsu can and can't do about it but uh 
you know, it sounds like WCU signed off on it, and and it's it's good for him that he'll at least get a, another chance to to play somewhere. It always felt like before, you know, Garner Minshew was here and Gage Grubrud and that kind of fifth-year transfer happened. It was Trey Tinsley and Anthony Gordon battling for the 1-2. And then Connor Neville would be fighting off John Bledsoe, you know, for that 3-4 spot. And, of course, there were, like, the freshmen like Kamon Cooper and now uh, coming in right now, uh, yeah. uh, Gunnar Cruz. So there's – there's uh, he, he kind of was kind of stuck – in no man's land on the depth chart, but this might be a sign that the quarterback situation at WSU may be more solidified as far as you know depth chart order than what's being led on because you didn't Wait. even give it a you didn't even give it a go during spring ball, especially with the injury, the recent injury to Gage Grubrud. He felt that he had no part in this upcoming quarterback competition. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he might, he, he might he, know he, something. You might know something. That might be a sign. No, I think he probably realized that you have, you know, the freshman Gunnar Cruz, you have uh, Cam and Cooper and John Bledsoe, who people really like. He's kind of people's like dark, dark horse. Ultimate sleeper. Yes. Yeah. Like the the second stringer. Um, And I mean, Anthony and then Anthony Gordon, Trey Tinsley and Gubred will be is supposed to be back for the fall. And, you know, we don't know exactly how bad his injury really is. So. We'll see once he gets back. And I'd say, you know, if he doesn't come back for the fall, you might talk, you know, I still don't even think there's a, probably a possibility that Neville was was making a push for the quarterback spot then, even for the two deep. So, I, you know, you understand it. But I really think probably right now it's open to about every all five quarterbacks who are I, – I, I'm curious to see once, once spring ball starts kind of what the rotation looks like. Well, we know for sure that Gage Gruber is not going to be participating in spring ball because last week, and we didn't hear about this at the time, but apparently he injured uh, his ankle or leg, his ankle or foot while mm-hmm. hurtling. And, you know, when you hear the term hurtling, you think that he was like some track guy around, a, you know, jumping over hurdles. But the hurdles in these agility events are plastic triangles that are about 10, 10 inches off the ground. And you're literally supposed to crow. They just like step over them. You know, they're not really meant to yeah. be full mm-hmm. doing the splits in midair. So it wasn't like in the snow, Mike Leach was making his quarterback, his projected starting quarterback, do the splits in midair to you know earn a <laughs> earn a picture. Well, no, but he still he he was making him run in the snow and freezing temperatures late at night. I I think <laughs> I mean it's ridiculous how that that is continuing to be done and, and like that's that's dangerous having kids. Run yeah, you were talking about that last week. You were talking about the fearfulness con- of injury during midnight maneuvers. I'll continue to talk about it. I just think that is absolutely so. There is no toughness that is that is can be gained that outweighs the the health risk of what those uh, midnight maneuvers are. I would love to see a doctor, someone professional, kind of who who knows their stuff, do an evaluation. Uh, of midnight maneuvers because i mean seriously that is <laughs> that that i f- i mean i and i don't know because i'm i'm not uh experienced enough but i feel like that is seriously dangerous stuff that they're doing but you know it just it continues to happen so mm-hmm. i don't i don't really know what else to say <laughs> yeah i hope that the conversation in the locker room with the coaches at least isn't well i guess he didn't want it bad enough because yeah. he just I guess he just wasn't able to handle it he just uh you know, you know, big sky wannabe Pac-12 quarterback now. I have no you clue, know, but man. Well, it's Oof. a good thing that he's at least around the building 
Because Gardner Minshew wasn't even around during spring ball last year, and he picked up the offense pretty quickly. But yeah. Just because but I mean, who, who even knows? missing spring ball doesn't mean he's not further ahead than where Minshew was at this time last year. Well, yeah, that's true, but who knows if Gubert will be ready for the fall? Like, you, we don't, we have no clue. You know, that's obviously, a long WCU likes to away. keep. Obviously, they're, they're advertising it as spring ball. He's out for spring ball. That's what they're advertising it as as right now. Yeah, I mean, we got we, the, months, the fact of the matter is we have August no still. clue to the extent of this injury. You if, know if that not, they will keep. If it's they, not going to require surgery, but it's not going to require that. surgery. You don't know that. How do you know that? You think that would have at least leaked that he was getting surgery? They ha- like, you nothing can't keep is that leaked. much how of a secret. How let me let me tell you when was the last time you heard an injury that was leaked at WSU? The the nature of the full extent. The full extent of the injury. They they would, never uh, have. They wouldn't dare. They would not. They wouldn't. You, they, you they never wouldn't have. Pretend. So you don't know. You we have absolutely no clue how long Gage Gubred will be out. Um, so you know you just got to wait and see. I hope it's just the spring, but we have absolutely. You know he could have have he could have ruptured his Achilles and you know he'd be out for the presumably the entire season. And, you know, you were talking about with uh, Chico McClatcher and his injury, how it might have affected his speed. I mean, Gubrud, you know, got the toe injury from last year. That, kid, that that probably hobbled him for a few months. Now, combined with this, I mean, if he wants to be an elite, you know, Pac-12 athlete, you know, that, that can run the WSU offense like Garner Minshew did, he needs two healthy legs <laughs> to make that work. Yeah, everyone needs two healthy legs, <laughs> not just him, you know. Especially in so, WSU style of offense, though, where... Yeah, I'd they, say they, just playing football in general, style. you're going to need two healthy legs. <laughs> you could be in any <laughs> offense, and you're going to need two healthy legs. You know, not having Gage Grubrud isn't good, but also the WSU running back rotation right now, their situation is not looking good right now. It's kind of a desolate wasteland oh. in the backfield. You know who now. I like? Uh, Jameer Thomas, the freshman coming yeah. in right now yeah. from Ohio. Dude is built like a tank, man. And he's got good speed. I mean, I think he'd be a great compliment to Max Borgie. I think a lot of people think that, but, you know, it's, it's the waiting game. We can, you know, high school highlights are high school highlights. You, you, you just can't were, really evaluate. I mean, you cannot evaluate what someone's going to be doing on a college field from high school. Everyone has good high, highlights. So, I mean... Yes, does he look good and and does he seem like that that fit? Absolutely. It's just it takes time and you have to see. Right now, the backfield looks absolutely and Max Borg will be getting a lot of carries, but fortunately you don't have to play games uh in the spring. So Yeah. We just got to you got to wait until fall and then uh, you know, Javonsley Bazil who is not necessarily the guy he's a smaller guy. Um but he, you know, he, no one's asking him to take f- even 10 carries a game, you know, it could be just for the five, like five carries, you know, maybe t- 10 touches, something like that. That's yeah, get your four certainly yards something yeah. each carry. that uh, either one of those guys could be capable. You'd think as a freshman, like 10 touches in a game. Um, but, you know, it's it just re- you, you got to wait and see. And, uh, you know, fall ball will come soon enough. We got to be patient. It's nice. To, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to to kind of project. But. That's all we're doing right now, speculation. The, the tempo of spring ball is not even in the same galaxy as fall ball. Fall ball is a new season. Spring ball is just kind of, let's stay in shape and keep in practice and implement some, yeah. uh, some schemes and, and kind of test out what we have. But fall ball, that's it's a good base mark. All, I'd say it's a good base on hand. All hands on I'd deck. I'd say it's a good base mark, you know, the, I, and especially because WCU does like a, an actual spring game, which is, you know, it's not necessarily good to be taking those to be looking at those numbers like it's you know religious or something but 
just to get to watch people play and stuff. And yeah, I think that's definitely something to kind of set the expectation. Yeah, because you look at those quarterback stats during the spring game, and people really and every I mean focus on those. Pretty numbers. much every quarterback just tore it up. Yeah, last I, year. actually no, last year uh, Cam Cooper struggled, struggled a little bit. But I mean, you know, both both Tinsley and Gordon played really well. So there was one running back that if he were to return, he probably would have been the backup to Max Borgie during spring ball, and that's Caleb Perry. Well, Do you have any information on why this guy left during the time he did? No, he but you can, you, can as, spring ball. you can assume why. Why you know if if he's in that good of a position to to be in the mix, then why would he leave? Well, probably because he's not in the mix. You know, he, he's probably he's probably thinking, and this is obviously speculation, but well, man, if I can't get in the mix with the situation right now, there's only one running right. back who's actually the, taking the, snaps. How am I ever going to be in this in the mix? So he left. And, you know, be, I think that's probably slighted, the thinking there. Coaches talk in January about yeah. moving a linebacker over to running back to back up Max Borgian. Caleb Perry's kind of hearing this, and he's going, "Well, they're not really taking me seriously. So if it comes to game time, are they even? I mean, there's. I mean, the, the confidence isn't going to go up <laughs> if it's if it's yeah, not there yeah. right now." No, if it's not working out now, this is the. If you're a running back at WSU, <laughs> the getting is gets, pretty yeah. good. This is yeah. as good as it gets right now. And if if you're not feeling confident now, then you you probably won't be feeling a whole lot more confident in the fall. So I'd Perry, say it was probably uh, best to try and you know get ahead of things style. for him. He had a similar style to Max Borgie, undersized back, good speed, and uh, like to you know get out in space and uh, and outrun everybody. Well, he's he's gone now, so we don't know where he's going to go. But at least we know now. A couple of reinforcements coming up in fall, but for now it's the Max Borgie show. Now there are rumors that WSU is really making a push to get their field renamed uh, yeah. due to the budget deficit. They could be potentially be making you know one and a half to two million dollars each year just based off naming rights. What would you yeah. like to what would you like the field to be called if they do fall through with this corporate sponsor? Well, first of all, the the latest rumor is that it's definitely not happening this year. So, for at least presumably 2019, it will still just be Martin Stadium. But I, I kind of liked, I liked Dairy Gold. That was like that was going to be the original one. But uh, you know, kind of the the farm, farm feel. It matches the the persona of Pullman. I thought yeah, the that agricultural was cool. backdrop of the of the yeah. town surrounding um, areas. You know, I haven't really, th- I haven't put a whole lot of thought into who I'd like. What about to like Cougar Gold, like the cheese. That would be interesting. I just don't you. How would you make money? Like the university buys <laughs> yeah, its, no, no. Own, <laughs> its own naming rights. Like you'd have to. <laughs> who who is gonna throw down the money for it? Maybe Q Country you know, will just, chip in. Oh yeah, with yeah the new <laughs> Maybe, new ownership. If they can imagine, afford the one point nine mil, then they can probably imagine how the many. Rights. Well, I mean that's what they're. I mean yeah, they're selling their company for one point. They're selling the building for one point nine million. They'll have funding for a year. And yeah. in that one year, they could draw on enough customers to revive. That doesn't country. seem like a very logical naming rights deal because if you're in Pullman, you probably know <laughs> what Cougar Country is. You probably what know what Dairy about. Gold is if you're in Pullman too. I think it's more of like a national recognition <clears> thing, which I guess makes more sense for Dairy Gold because they sell that crap in like every state. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what my point was. But uh, chocolate milk and cottage cheese—that's what Dairy yeah. Gold's all <laughs> yeah. about. All the all the all the Cows. good assorted dairy. Dairy products. Yeah, based in Seattle. So Dairy Gold, would you call it Dairy Gold Field, Dairy Gold Stadium? I like Dairy Gold Field. I think I think that Martin like a- Stadium at Dairy Gold Field. <laughs> I think that <laughs> you got I like 
adding ats presented yeah. by powered by um all of those all those Alaska fun Airlines Martin Stadium Husky Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It is. Or perhaps perhaps Martin Stadium powered by Dairy Gold. Something like that. Ah, yeah. powered <laughs> by milk. <laughs> Dairy Gold pasture, that's what they should call it. Give it that real Pullman feel to it. Wow, yeah, that most. that would be fun. Dairy Gold pasture. And there's also suggestions of naming it after a bank which would just depress me, but you know yeah, what? Yeah, I think I think whoever uh, gets them out of the deficit and I think banks have good money, so <laughs> Yeah. True. I think my our friends or my my friends over at uh, the Cougar Sports Network had reported that BECU was like closing in Yuck. on a deal, and that uh, turned out to be 100% false. So their commercials suck, right? I'm not familiar with the BECU commercials. They, I that, mean, they're like a what you'd imagine, like a credit union. Yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine a credit union commercial. <laughs> You're one of us. No, nah, it's not. Yeah, BECU. just like exactly. You're one of us. A lot of smiling faces, a, yeah. Pre- yeah. featuring a local business. Yeah, yeah rain, rain I know. I know what you're talking about for sure. Who who is willing to pay up is good enough for WSU because they got to get yeah. out of this deficit somehow. You know, I yeah. You'd rather you'd rather get the best deal than rush it. You know, it's a it's going to be a, a long term deal. So who you know if they if they keep putting together traction keep winning like it's the the price tags only going up so yeah, it's a it's a bidding you, war you hope they they can find a good deal so going back to u-dub their backfield just graduated in jake browning and miles gaskin they were both four-year starters now in any form of football if you lose two starters yeah. that important for that that were there for that long you would guess that there's going to be a drop-off in production and value to that backfield now, Luke, you posed this question on Twitter to Husky Nation. Do you think that the combination of Jake Eason and the running backs potentially featured, whether it be Sean McGrew, Savon Ahmed, or uh, Kamari Pleasant, yeah. I mean, is that going to be better than the combination of Jake Browning and Miles Gaskin? If you can believe it, 69% of Husky fans believe the backfield is going to be noticeably better after this offseason which to me just seems criminal considering that you're replacing two four-year starters. I mean, that's just not how football works. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's pretty criminal without any evidence so far. Like, we've, we haven't seen Jacob Eason Why'd throw the ball Why'd you pose the question, Dan? Why'd well, because I just thought there? it'd be funny to see. I mean, honestly, I think I was hoping that I'd get a little more, like, like some quiet Jake Browning yeah. defenders <laughs> to emerge. And nobody, just literally <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Luke, Luke testing the water to see if there's any more uh, Jake Browning yeah. sympathizers and just it's like not the, getting it. <laughs> it's like the Homer Simpson meme. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I just except I just backed into the hedge and then just <laughs> never came back out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like I don't know. I thought it was kind of crazy. Um, it's funny. I mean, I don't know. It, it's funny to see. I mean, especially. I mean, I obviously more than the average person like w- will think that the Huskies will miss Jake Browning more than they realize. Okay, time out. Um, time oh, out. Do you, oh, do you, do, hope, you? <laughs> do you hope that the, do you hope that there's a drop off in production? So you no. can keep up this argument. No, Jake I mean, Browning. I hope Jacob Eason is the best quarterback that's ever stepped onto Husky stadiums turf, but like, I don't know. I, I think Jake Browning's good. That's clear. Um, but also, I mean, let's not pretend that miles Gaskin isn't one of the best Huskies of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, not just for sure. in more than winning 39 games when he was a Husky, like he is unbelievably good. He's like, oh my gosh, I just can't even describe. He's the best player uh, of my life, or probably the most impactful or meaningful Husky of my lifetime. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and unless he was I, in I just think what's, what's, what's really going to be different here is like 
I think you're going to see a dramatic change in UW's offense. Like, obviously, it's still going to be the same. I think same, so, but too. They're, they're going to be airing it out a lot. When you have a guy like Eason, gonna you're going to throw it. They're going to throw it deep. And I just think the numbers might be a little bit more skewed. Like, if if Eason just shows up, throws 35 touchdowns, and, and just does really well, everyone's going to be, oh, my God, this is just so much better than Jake Browning. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it'll be but interesting, like, too. What's interesting yeah. to me is, like, but don't like. I don't know how much they'll change it because they they need it to be sustainable. I mean, I think unless they're kidding themselves, they expect to only have one year of Jacob Eason, and they're yeah. starting to have like like Jacob Sermon, Sam Heward. Like they're they're starting to I think well, yeah. And though, I mean, those are guys that, prototype of gunslinger. Yeah, you know, similar arm. But at type, the same yeah. time, like I don't know. But like you look at the tight ends that are recruiting still, and that's kind of like the like I don't know. I think that's kind of indicative. Yeah. Like the fact, like I don't know. This is getting a little nuancey, I think, but like they haven't offered DJ Rogers, who's like essentially Hunter Love Bryant, that guy. right? Yeah, he's like essentially Hunter Bryant 2.0 from Eastside Catholic. I'm gonna break all his records. But they're probably. they're they're offering a bunch of like from all over the country, like six six, two hundred forty five pound, you know, just Hosses. like big, yeah, yeah, yeah. big hoss, uh, like sixth offensive lineman <laughs> that can catch, you know, like those like so I'm like I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean. Obviously, professional football teams have gunslingers and inline tight ends, but yeah. I think it's interesting. Well, like, and I, some I'm of those tight ends, some of those tight ends end up being tackles. Some of them end up being defensive. You know, true. Like what people show up as is not always the position they end up in. I like, would be very surprised if UW did not come around on. Uh, sorry, what Rogers? Right? D- uh, DJ yeah, Rogers. DJ Rogers. DJ yes, Rogers. Excuse me, DJ Rogers. Like, g- give them some time on that one. They'll come around to it. I would say you got to trust the trust the UW process. I think I think uh, you know Coach Pete is gonna is gonna do his due diligence. Yeah, I mean it's one thing to trust the process, and it's another thing to understand the process. I don't think I'll ever understand. Well, everyone everyone was screaming and and saying what what's the deal with UW not offering Ross Bowers and that kind of you know we found out why. So yeah, you gotta just I don't think I don't think UW fans were like. Screaming. I mean, I maybe at the time because the quarterback room just wasn't as good as it is now. But I don't think anybody thought Ross Bowers was some type of savior for the UW football. Yeah, but still, I think a lot of people questioned. Like that seems like a pretty logical fit right there. Yeah. Why did you know the local kid? Why did that never happen? I think there was definitely a lot of people who do scratch their heads, and we found out why it didn't. You know, just you know. He hey, don't that, hate on Ross, man. Kind of, I love Ross. Yeah. Good <laughs> no, I think he, no, I think he's a good guy. I'm not hating on him. I just think we, f- no, we did think ultimately find out why that probably did not come to fruition. Yeah, so we thought he was at the time. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, <laughs> let him off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> we did not let him off the hook. Uh, so interesting, Luke, because uh, you have a very hardcore uh, following with uh, UW fans, you know, in your uh, in your social media world, and you know, I think 78 percent of them thought you were. Thought I'm think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, Actually, it's crazy. Maybe I'm the Skip Bayless of Husky Nation. <laughs> you know? I'm just so out here making unpopular uh, like takes about Jake Browning, and yeah, people are like, "Oh, I hate funny. this guy," and they're coming back for more. <laughs> they do. You really do take some shit on Twitter, man. For your Jake Browning. Yeah, apology. you know, I will. I will always. You know what? It's funny. Like it's funny to say that Jake Browning was the hill I chose to die on because I then I I, I died on a hill that won thirty nine games in four years of starting yeah. quarterback and Trust broke we know, every record. We know. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> we, an we, interesting. Like I don't know. I don't think it's a bad hill to die on, but you know, 
So just so you know, Luke, if UW does go seven and five next year, you can be like, yeah, you know, we're not that good right now, but in your face, I yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be like secretly dancing, like smiling a little bit. <laughs> we're gonna see you on like the the UW uh, frat row, like on the on the yeah, rooftops. exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm the only I'm the only happy person yeah. on UW's campus because yeah, like, I'm just I've made I've made my point <laughs> like a year later. You're yeah. You're definitely not going to be a, a villain in the UW uh, sports community uh, if that if that does go down that way. You know, <laughs> you know a team that we haven't uh, talked about too much this off season is uh, Eastern Washington, mm. which is strange because they're coming off a national championship appearance. Yeah, <laughs> and you think that would entitle them to more coverage, but we want to tell you about some of the personnel moves they're making. You know, anytime you make it that far in the playoffs, other programs are going to want to vulture your coaches and you know maybe bring them on to bigger things. And uh, what's happened is that Eastern this offseason has lost their offensive coordinator, their receivers coach, their cornerback coach, as well as their safety coach. Now, you've already seen their offensive coordinator position get taken over by Ian Shoemaker, uh, the head coach at Central. So even uh, Ellensburg is kind of feeling some of that impact right now uh-huh. of all the coaches leaving. And I, like we said a couple weeks ago when we talked about Ian Shoemaker, that should be an easy transition. Eastern and Central both run a spread offense. The personnel is very similar. So I think that's a good move. Uh, at the wide receiver coach position, Jay Dumas departed uh, to become the head football coach at Davis High School, which in, which you can hear more about on Cascadia Preps. We have an exclusive interview mm. with Jay, Dam- Jay Dumas mm. as the new head coach at Davis. Uh, that's only for like two of you, though, because I don't know how many of you guys want to hear about that. But <laughs> you know, now we got uh, a new receiver coach. His name is uh, Pat McCann, and he was formerly at Northern Iowa. But just to, just to give you an example of how this guy fits in the state of Washington, he is an alumni of Western Washington football. So he was he was a part of one of those go. last teams, and he played a receiver for Western Washington. So he's a young guy that you know that that shows he's about in his early thirties right now, and he's going to be the receivers coach, and then uh, replacing the legendary Cherokee Valor Valeria. I don't know if if anybody that's like in their you know early twenties or late teens uh, ever went to Eastern Washington's football camp. Cherokee Valeria was one of the most uh, you know he he was one of the most in charge people at the uh, Eastern Washington football team camp. You know one of the very well liked. He's kind of like their Jimmy Lake. Uh, have you guys heard of Cherokee Valeria at all? I have not. I have not. No. Oh, he's, he's he was a tr- he was there for a very long time. Great defensive backs coach. Very relatable to the players. So he'll be really missed. I think he went to Hawaii. And replacing him is going to be Alan Brown. Uh, he played corner for Iwu in 2013, and then went on to become the def- defensive back coach at. No, sorry, he did not. He was not the defensive back coach at Eastern Oregon. That was uh, Brian Mills, and now he's the safety coach. So, really, is a carousel going on right now. Eastern Washington are replacing their coaching staff, but uh, it shouldn't change too much. You know, their facilities never change either. So, I would still expect them to compete for a national championship on a yearly basis at the uh, Division One Two A level. But to give you guys some spring ball updates on uh, when those will take place, for example, you know WSU, they're, they're, they're back from spring break right now, but mm-hmm. the team will start practicing this Thursday. Jackson, are you going to be there? I will be in a wedding, so I will not be what there on the, the first day, which is very disappointing for me <laughs> as well as Kook fan. Gets married but on don't worry, Braden, Braden Johnson will be there. He is as good as the rest of them and uh, I will be back the next week ready to roll for s- the next spring practice. I Isn't think- that a weird day for a wedding on a Thursday? I never heard uh, that before. The, well, the wedding is not on a Thursday but it's in San Antonio so I will be flying over there. I think the wedding is on Friday. He met these people at the Alamo Bowl. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, oh yeah. I don't, I don't really uh, know them that well, but no, it's, it's actually it's my cousin. So uh, uh, who, promises who, who, who lives uh, down not in San Antonio but near San Antonio. Um, like so, a yeah. ranch. Yeah, no, no, he's uh, <laughs> he's in the armed forces. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, good, good, uh, yeah. good military base yeah, yeah, out yeah. there. So the spring game for spring ball, uh, crimson and gray game will be on April twentieth at uh, Dairy Gold Pasture at two p.m. <laughs> Uh, in new new field in Pullman, new pasture. Sorry, get the term right. No, it'll be at Martin <laughs> Stadium at two o'clock. So if you want to go to this Crimson and Gray game, that's when that takes place. Then UW Spring Ball uh, starts on April third. So that would be the what what that'd be following spring break, right? That would be like the Monday yes. following spring it's break. It's actually or? the Wednesday following spring gotcha. break. Because I like it that way. I like it that does. way. I would prefer. I, I don't think I'd want to come back from spring break. And then on Monday, show up. Well, I think they <laughs> start. You know what? Let me. I'll actually look right now. No, you're right. You're right. That's when they start. Yeah, because I don't think spring break comes back on Wednesday. I think they come back on a Monday. And that'll go through April 27th with their uh, really watered down spring preview. <laughs> that'll be happening uh, that <laughs> Saturday. So, uh, Luke, you excited to cover those practices? Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I mean, I. I think it's always fun just to, at least for the first couple practices, to get out there and see some youngsters in action for the first time since I will admit like, they do get repetitive. They get they very get, repetitive, repetitive very yeah. fast. The and it's like, all right, like there's yeah. Well, the first couple practices are like, like just kind of like, I don't know. They're very instally yeah. and very fundamental yeah. oriented. But you also have a lot start to, to go live for like on. two days or like you'll get more yeah. live periods for a couple days. And you're like, Oh, this is really sweet. And then like, you're like, I yeah. practice five and it's like, Oh, yeah, like defense still looks good. Jacob is <laughs> yeah, still yeah. really talented. You know, no. it's like okay, there's no new story here. Towards the end, <laughs> nothing there, is it's new just under like, the sun. Yeah, absolutely. So, I bet you. you c- I bet you. Spring ball peaks when they do the Oklahoma style drills, and they're you know finally or one on one trenches with the linemen. That's got to be like, the best. It part. gets exciting. Like there will be like one, either in spring or fall. Like there will be a day where like. People are kind of just fed up, and then there'll be like a scuffle, and then yes. everyone gets excited. Yes. That's like the yeah. highlight of spring. It's like, and oh, they hold sweet. Hands. Like, yeah, they hold hands because, like, <laughs> I don't know, like DJ Beavers and K. Dotton have hit their heads against each other so many times that they've just had they've had enough, you know, and yeah. kept for like five minutes, and then it's fine. <laughs> you do worry that whenever they do hold hands and walk around the track, that something could escalate from there. Like, I know how funny would that be. I mean, it's kind of a dangerous strategy because, like, if I think so too. Like honestly, like if they're t- walking lap around the fields, they could get to a, a point on the field where they're a few, like dozen yards away from everything you know and <laughs> yeah, they yeah, yeah. just like, go after I, there must fight. be a punishment there must be the the un like there must be such a severe punishment that walks in they the would just not of you dare. guys holding yeah. both of your hands yeah i don't do you know think that man. goes into the evaluation process for making offers like when you're talking about like an okg kind of guy like how does this guy handle our uh our our our, our way yeah our way of handling of uh, uh, like could this guy handle walking around the field with his worst enemy with satan yeah, it's, it's what they feel like in the moment. Can he hold? Yeah, can he hold hands with someone that he's mad at? Yeah, that'd be interesting. It's like a survey you have to fill out for them. Yeah, that's like the standard. That's like the the measuring stick for an OKG guy. That's the real difference maker. You know, if you're really bored, you can come to Ellensburg on May fourth because it's going to be the only spring game happening that Saturday, such in the state of Washington, because all the other spring balls will have wrapped up, and uh, and you can watch uh, the new quarterback Christian Moore and 
Well, I guess that's the only person that you guys would know. But that's that's what would happen on. <laughs> that's, that's the only player that I for. need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's funny because I'm pretty sure that's like one of my last days of school. I could just get on the road, <laughs> drive for three hours, stop yeah. in Ellensburg, watch the spring game, and then go be on my back. way home. Yeah, How much nice fun would that be? Out of him. Yeah. Make, yeah. Make oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. It, it, it breaks out the monotony and. <laughs> And oh. you don't have to stay for the whole two hours. And unlike that sounds like WSU, a lot of they fun. actually go hard. And it actually is a full tackle. Like it feels like a game. It really does. Yeah. Now yeah. one side always wins. It's a full tackle until you get to Christian Moore. You just can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yo. I mean, you, you could. I mean, touch, even if you, if you want touch to. Christian Moore, there will be hell to pay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and if not, if not by the coaching staff, by us. Yeah, we, we will come, come find. Yeah, the field. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> considering considering he's the size of the most of the D two linemen, because he's like six six two fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah is he not like, bigger? Like, I well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like he's actually bigger than some of the like, defensive linemen. You can't tell linemen. me that at, just from a size standpoint that he wouldn't be one of the most feared edge rushers in <laughs> the genome. <laughs> right? first, first ever two way player for a, a quarterback to also like junior. You already style, know. Like, play you already know who is. The leading candidate for the first overall pick in the 2019 fantasy yeah. in, the, oh. <laughs> in the Washington Football Crunch yeah. Fantasy League, and it is Christian Moore. Yeah, he he's definitely a top two or top three, which is not uh, saying Christian Moore needs to be a listener of this. The pod. If he's not listening to any defense. of this hype. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's number. That's the second overall pick right there. Central's yeah. defense blocked like yeah. seven kicks in a row for me. Once. Oh, more than amazing. that. Yeah. They had they had double digit block kicks last season. I know. That's the most unbelievable. Yeah. Like I like maybe that just happened. You should D2 see. Football. You should see some of these blocks in person. Because when you see it in person, you go, "Wow, they're actually blocking these kicks." Like knocking them on their asses like the kicker's like falling on the ground and it's 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 getting returned the other way it, it's not just like a fingertip and it goes off the right up right I it's mean, like a thud thud like nasty yeah, it's a nasty man it's it's and on the turf and yeah it's a and nobody's there either so you can really hear the thud when, when the <laughs> gets knocked down so that's what you got to look forward to for spring ball but we got to get the hell out of here check out our written work on the following websites for washington football for uh, Micah, myself, my thoughts on high school football, <laughs> yeah. check out CascadiaPreps.com. And for Luke Monger's analysis on UW football, go to Dogman.com. And for Jackson Garner's insight on WSU football, go to KookFan.com. Guys, should people subscribe to these websites? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I mean, Sub- subscribe to all of them. Yeah, I was, I was you taken aback by the you, question. That's why I took you a second yeah, to answer. It's yeah, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, is there, like, I, have, no? I know is no there? other answer. Um, you, do, do you guys see the article in Sports Illustrated about the twenty four seven model and the uh, and their like relationship with rivals? And they like they interviewed Dogman and Kook fan very extensively. What you is this? Where do I find this? That's when on Sports this? Illustrated. I come. I came out like last week or a little while ago. I have they, not read this. No. Oh yeah, I'll send you guys the link. Yeah, and, and all you wow. guys listening, go check it out. I mean, it's, I, it is basically the evolution of sports coverage at the college level. How it went from, you know, the only chance you got to access this information was through your local newspaper, and now these websites popped up. And like how, like Luke's mentioned throughout the podcast uh, about these chat, like these message rooms, you know, these yeah. message boards where people yeah. can you know, give their takes and, uh, and basically be anonymous and, and talk about their team. And sometimes it gets yeah. pretty, uh, con- you know, argumentative, yeah. and, but that's good. That's healthy, you know? So yeah, I would just, say, I would say of, of sports coverage for at least college the, football. It, well, yes, but I would say those message boards, unfortunately they are dying because back before there was Facebook and Twitter, if you wanted to talk 
UW football, if you wanted to talk Cougar football, the Coug fan and Dogman message boards is where you went. That's the only place you could go. Now you go to Twitter, (laughs) you go to Facebook. uh, Yeah. This article talking about the evolution of college football coverage and how it's gone to this point is already outdated because there's already a new way to do all this now. I would say, no, I mean, there's there's aspects of what 24-7 does that is, but I would say that the message board type discussion that that side of it is starting to fall behind you know well this 24 uh, 7 sports is concerned about how you're getting young people this this uh article on sports illustrated um talks about how dogman was started up and kim grinnell's interviewed chris fetters um kook fan is also interviewed for their kind of like their business model and you know how many subscribers they've 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 uh, had you know, since they started, which they don't reveal an actual number, but they say it's quite a bit. So definitely you guys should go recommend. I would recommend you guys check that out as well as all the other articles on the 24 seven websites. And if you want to know more information about your favorite teams and uh, you know, the local scene, follow us on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen at Luke M O U N G E R and at Jackson M Garner. If you have any suggestions or comments on the show, send us an email to our very public, very open email mike at yahoo.com we will see you guys next tuesday for myself luke and jackson we are signing off